Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly that's 100%. It's not 75. It's not even 99.9%. It is a 100% friendly backyard chickens show. So, oh goodness, I have had such a full day. I am making a video about mites and lice. And you know, that's so exciting. <laughs> but it's a lot of work. Um So what we're going to talk about today, guys, is when predators attack, because I have gotten so many panicked messages, panicked calls from people that are like, oh my gosh, a predator attacked my chickens. And really what I want to talk about today is the aftermath of that. And we'll talk a little bit about preventing it, but I've got lots of videos on my channel talking about preventing predator attacks. So Um, really what I want to touch on today is getting your chickens through it because, you know, the stressful part of it isn't just when it happens, it's afterwards too. So we're going to talk about that. I do want to tell you that if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, you can go to my website. It is welcome to chickenlandia.com. Go to the contact section and there's a little drop down menu. You choose ask a chicken question. And that's how your question might be on Bok Talk. I can't do all of them because I get lots of questions. <laughs> but if it is relevant, you may be featured and then you'll be chicken famous. <laughs> so uh, welcome everybody that is here live today on YouTube. I also want to welcome those that are listening to the podcast uh, podcast is going great. I hope you guys, you know, even those of you that are here get a chance to check it out. It's a great, you know, it's a good listen if you're just doing stuff. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm doing the dishes. and <laughs> It's fun. That's what that's what we do in 2020. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm first I'm going to tell you a little story. We're going to have a little bit of story time And then I'm going to ask a question that was submitted to me through my website. And then I'll open up the chat uh, for any questions that people might have here that are live today. Um, You know, I love hearing from you guys. I can't answer every question. The chat goes kind of fast. Today we've got lots of moderators here. Uh, We've got 13 Moons Homestead. 
We've got 50 chickens in a hen house. Hello. We have got my very new moderator, Kelsey, who is watching today and learning. And I just want to say hello to Alana's Animal Homestead, Christina's Corner. Who else is here? Jose Nunez. Brilliant Creatures is here. And Sunny's Place and Kiss My Grass is here. And, and of course, Asher's Mini Cartoons is here, too. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, it's, a, it's a new time. We're, we're on a new time today. It's, it's 5 o'clock. And um, the reason I had to do that is because we have online school now. And so my kids are in school in the other room. <laughs> On Mondays when I'm trying to do a live, that doesn't work because they need my help. They need my help when they're in school. So, um, yeah, I've, I've actually been wanting to move it to a later time because I think there will be more people that will be able to participate. So this is exciting. It's a new chapter in Bok Talk. And you guys, Bobblehead Homestead is here. <laughs> thank you much. Thank you so much for being here, Bobblehead. Um, you know, guys, Bobblehead Homestead gave me a shout out when I had like 300 subscribers. <laughs> and I swear I owe my success to that man. Okay, if you get a chance, check out his channel. He's on YouTube. Great channel. Bobblehead Homestead. So much fun. Got some fun chickens over there. Lots of fun stuff going on. So um, I had I have on my script today because, you know, I, I have a script because I don't like to wing it. <laughs> well, most of the time I do wing it. I had a script and I was going to tell a story about the time that we had a predator attack and a hawk came. But guess what? A hawk came today to Chickenlandia. <laughs> and I'm smiling right now and I'm not crying right now because... Chickenlandia has some serious predator proofing going on. Um, I have really good netting over the run. My chickens live in a covered run 24-7. That's where they live. And it's all covered with netting. I've got, you know, there's fencing on the sides. And there's even some hardware mesh buried um, along the fencing. So it's, it's very secure. And of course their coop is very secure at night, but the other day, um, they were going crazy for like two hours. They were squawking. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I kept going outside and they would run up to me like, Ooh, and I'm like, what is going on? I don't see anything. And then I was looking in like, Right behind Chickenlandia, there is a, a little stretch of green space. And I was looking back there and I could see like rustling. I could see the bushes moving, but I, just, I never found out what that was. So the predators are around right now. And I, I don't know why that is. Usually springtime is like a really tough time because during the springtime, even nocturnal predators like raccoons will come during the day. But I haven't seen any raccoons. Maybe it was. Maybe it was an El Chupacabra. <laughs> maybe it was Bigfoot. We are in the Pacific Northwest. I, I could not find it. And then the first man, my husband, he went out and he got a game cam and put it out there. And, but we haven't seen anything. Well, then today 
I was in the kitchen working and I hear like this rustling noise and then the chickens going, ah, you know, <laughs> making their their sound, which is sort of like the egg song, but it's an alarm. It's a it's a like an alarm call. So I'm like, what is going on? I looked outside and there's the hawk, like just like bouncing off the net. <laughs> and my netting is is very safe for birds. I don't like to hurt anything. So the reason I have Chickenlandia so predator proofed is that I I really feel strongly that we should live with our natural predators and not disturb that ecosystem. A lot of that is because, you know, when you do that, when you disturb the ecosystem, you can end up with a, a not a very balanced situation in your chicken yard. And um, what I mean is you can end up with rodents, with rats and, and mice. And uh, when there are natural predators around, it helps to really keep that population down. So not only do I not like to hurt animals, but I also don't want a whole bunch of rats in Chickenlandia. <laughs> so I'm grateful for the owls around here. Um, I'm grateful for the hawks, but of course I don't want them eating my chickens. So um, I see this hawk. He's very young. He bounces off the net and goes up and he gives up immediately um, because there's no getting into Chickenlandia. Um, but my chickens are hiding. Like right now, they are hiding. And I think what people don't realize is that you know, when there's a predator attack, there's like this period of stress afterwards. And if a chicken is attacked, uh, even if it, it pulls through, it doesn't, it doesn't die, even if it isn't injured at all, it can go into shock. And actually shock can kill a chicken. And I have had two chickens die, no injuries that I could see. I don't think they had any internal injuries and they died from shock. And at the time, I didn't know, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have an action plan. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. How we can, you know, put together a little plan. It's going to include, you guys know that I, I lean in the natural direction. So it's going to include some homeopathics. It's going to include a, a flower remedy. And these are things that I, I have seen really help, especially for shock. So yeah, um, chickens get super stressed out right now. My flock is stressed out so that I'm going to do all these things that I'm telling you right now. I'm going to be doing them because <laughs> it just happened. It literally just happened. So let's talk about the question that I got it, uh, through my website, Bok Talk. One of our viewers went and submitted this question and her name is Heather. And she said, how long can it typically take a flock to de-stress after a predator attack. My flock of nine hens was hit by a fox and we lost two hens in one week, four days apart. I'm sorry. That's awful. I'm so sorry. Since the second hen was snatched, five of the remaining seven hens have stopped laying eggs. And they will do that. They will stop laying eggs uh, when they are stressed out. They seem to do all the other chicken things that they used to do, but their egg laying has stopped. Nothing in their diet has changed. One hen might be molting. Right now it's molting season, so they might be molting, but not the rest. It's been about two weeks since the fox stole our girls. 
but still not many eggs being laid. Is there anything that I can do to help restart their egg laying? So it is really not uncommon for a flock to take, you know, even a month after a predator attack to start laying again. Now, there's a lot of factors right now because um, I'm recording this in the fall. Today is September 21st. It is molting season for sure. Um, chickens are losing feathers. They're growing new feathers for the winter months. And because of that, many are not laying. But if there was a predator attack, then you can bet that they are going to stop laying for a period of time, usually, unless they're just like some super chill chicken, <laughs> which, I guess, which I guess those are out there. All my chickens are neurotic. They take after their mother. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would I would give it probably about a month before I really started worrying like, OK, what's going on? Um, it's going to take a little bit of patience, but there are some things that you can do to help your flock, you know, reach that balanced state again where they're pecking and scratching and they're not worried about a predator attack. And I will tell you the number one thing that I really like is a product called Rescue Remedy. Now, this this company has not given me any money to say this, unfortunately, <laughs> because I talk about them all the time. Um, it is a company called Bach Rescue Remedy it is natural stress relief. And this is a homeopathic flower remedy. Um, and I just put a couple of drops of this in their water. And certainly if I have a chicken that is under any kind of stress, a sick chicken, an injured chicken, a chicken that is in shock, I will put this a couple drops in their water. I might actually put a couple of, like a drop or two on their back and kind of rub it in. And it will really help to just take the edge off. Now, I use the human grade uh, kind. And they're all, they're all human grade, actually. But I use the kind that's specifically made for humans. Recently, I went to their website and they were like, you know, don't use the one for humans. Use the pet kind. Um, and I think that the reason they say that is because there are some rescue remedy products that have ingredients uh, in them that are not good for animals and, and especially dogs. But, you know, I've been using this for, uh, gosh, on my animals for 25 years. <laughs> you do not give it in a high, in a high dose. It's like one drop, two drops, and it does have alcohol in it. Um, but to be, you know, if you feel more comfortable, then you can get the pet kind. It is a glycerin based and that's absolutely fine. You can put a, a drop or two of that in your chicken's water. And then I have um, a homeopathic called Aconite. And if you go to my website, there is a blog post that is called Homeopathics for Chickens. And I actually posted um, a blog, a new blog post today that talks about some, a homeopathic option for wildfire uh, uh, respiratory problems. So that's, that's neat if you get a chance to check that out. Um, but, and what I mean is like smoke inhalation problems. Uh, but I talk about aconite a lot for chickens. And this is definitely something that I keep in my chicken first aid kit. And incidentally, I have given this to my children many, 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 many times. It's a great remedy. And 
really what it's for is when something happens like suddenly. If you got suddenly sick or if one of your chickens got suddenly sick and it was like, this chicken was fine like five seconds ago and now it's like, you know, looking like it's sick and, and, and you know, not pecking and scratching and what's going on. That is when I reach for aconite. This is 30C potency. And I will just put a couple of drops in their water. I will give it to them and just, you know, probably just for the first day, two or three times a day. Um, if they show immediate improvement, I will stop dosing because that's just how you dose uh, homeopathics. And I have more information about how to dose them on my website, on that blog post. And I will put that link in the description and in the show notes. So the reason why aconite is so great for shock and for like a very stressful event is because um, there's a saying about it when there's fright, where there's fright, aconite. <laughs> okay, so if something happened that was super sudden and scared the bejeebus <laughs> what word, out of your chickens, I would be putting aconite in their water for that first day. And definitely if one of them went into shock, that's, this is the first remedy that I would give them. Okay. The other remedy that I have on hand that is useful in these types of situations is Arnica 30 C. Uh, that's the potency 30 C. And these are from a company called Byron. Okay. Um, you can get them on Amazon, but it's probably better for you to get them locally um, at your local health food store. Um, and I believe that you might be able to order it direct from the company, but I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. So um, Arnica, you see in a lot of products that are for humans that where there's like bruising, injury, um, you know, pain involved. It's a, it's very, very common product. Uh, a very common ingredient in products that have to do with treating pain and bruising and soreness and all that kind of stuff. So you can imagine that if your chicken sustained an injury during a predator attack, Arnica would be a really good remedy to reach for. So um, I would start with a dose of aconite and then um, you can do them at the same time, even though that's not actually classical homeopathy. Um, and I was trained. I'm not a licensed homeopath, but I've got tons of experience and our family has a, um, a, a licensed homeopath that we work with and she's trained me a lot. You know, you're not really supposed to do two remedies at the same time, but there are certainly combo remedies. And for your chickens, I would say that's what I would do. So those are two things that, uh, two homeopathics that I would keep on hand specifically for predator attacks and um, any kind of stressful event or any event that where there was an injury. Now, I have a protocol. It is called the REST method. That is R-E-S-T. The R stands for remove your chicken from the flock. The E stands for electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. The S stands for scrambled egg. <laughs> and the T stands for temperature control. Now, this method is a supportive care method that you can use when you have a sick chicken. But also, if you have a chicken that is injured or in shock, you can bring them in. If they're in shock, you need to give them some time and not, not mess with them too much. 
put them in a, in a quiet room. I would give them, you know, overnight for them to kind of hopefully come out of it before I started to really get concerned. You can give them a dose of the aconite and you could do that by just putting a couple pellets in some water, getting a needleless syringe, putting a little drop on the side of their beak. It barely even has to go into their beak. You can give them that dose and then you can put rescue remedy in that water too, or you can put rescue remedy on their back. So that is all I would do for a chicken that was in shock and then wait. Now there is a certain amount of time where if your chicken hasn't eaten because they're in shock, then they're in great danger. If they haven't eaten or drank anything, they're in great danger of, of dying. So, you know, definitely after, you know, they've had the night to kind of come out of it. If they're not out of it the next day, I would probably put some, you know, some egg yolk in a needleless syringe with mixed with a little bit of electrolyte water with a drop of rescue remedy in it and really try and get them to, to eat. And, you know, hopefully that will snap them out of it. But I will tell you that I have seen chickens and when, when little stinker, my one little, she's an old English, really beautiful little chicken. She's crazy. She lived in the woods by herself for like a month. (laughs) That's a whole story. And then she got attacked by a hawk. Um, She went into pretty serious shock. And for her, I was like, you know, she's in shock. And I gave her, I can't remember um, which remedy did it, but I gave her a homeopathic remedy. And I mean, she just was like, you know, she was sitting there staring into space. I gave her the remedy. It was probably aconite. And then I saw her just go, oh, like... (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> and then she started eating and she was okay. So um, that's my experience. And I've had a lot of experiences like that with, with homeopathy. So I, I really believe in it. I know it's not for everybody. I do get comments about it being pseudoscience, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I understand that. And I think the answer to that is if that's how you feel, then you shouldn't use them. But uh, for me, I've been using them for many, many years um, and they really work, I I think. So yeah, you know, what I'm going to do today, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put some rescue remedy in their water. Um, I'm not going to do aconite because none of them are like really super, you know, if they, if they get really scared, then I'll bring them in and I'll dose them that. Um, and then tomorrow we probably won't get any eggs. <laughs> and that's and that's okay. And we might not get any eggs. It wasn't a very serious attack, so I would say probably it's going to be about a week before we get any eggs, which is absolutely fine because you know, sometimes the best remedy is just um a little bit of patience. So, I am going to open the chat up in just a minute for some questions. I do want to say Hello to some of the people that have come into the chat. Miles Bowen, thank you for being here. Barbara C. is here. Thank you so much for being here. Sakura Munas, am I saying that right? (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Virginia Oakley, thank you for being here. So many people here. Don Joe 706 says, hello, or should I say, 
Henlo. <laughs> yes, you should always say Henlo. So thanks, guys, so much. I, I wish you all um, the best of luck with your predator proofing. You know, the one the one roadblock I always come up against when it comes to telling people, hey, you know, you should predator proof is that it can get expensive. And so right now I'm in the process of really trying to figure out some ways uh, that I can kind of bring those costs down so that I can share those ideas with people. So if you have any ideas about that, I, I am so you know eager to hear your views on that because I, I really believe that everybody should be able to have chickens. I want to keep chicken keeping inclusive. I think people of all economic levels deserve to have chickens and should have chickens um, because it, you know, it's always been a, it has been a, a way to be self-sufficient and sometimes a way out of poverty for many people uh, throughout history. So um, if you have any ideas on that, I welcome them. You can send them to me through my website. Welcome to chickenlandia.com. You can go to the contact section and while you're at it, you can submit a question to Bok talk and I might answer it live if it has to do with what I'm talking about on that day. <laughs> so usually I'll get a question. I'll be like, oh, and then I'll get like an idea. I get a little light bulb. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to talk about that. So um, really love to hear from everybody. So uh, now I am going to open up the chat for questions. If you have a question, please type it in all capital letters. <laughs> like you're yelling at me. I want, I want you to type it like you're yelling at me. So I'll see it. <laughs> Cause that's, that's how I respond to yelling. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for being here. She is the one that asked that question um, that we talked about earlier. Can stress trigger molting possibly in the entire flock? That is an excellent question. And yes, it absolutely can. Um, and in fact, there I don't think it's legal anymore in the United States, or at least I hope it isn't. But there is a practice that um, is done in factory farms or at one point was done in factory farms. And it it was to withhold food for the chickens. They get super stressed out because they're hungry and it pushes them into a molt. So they're all molting at the same time and they would molt quicker that way. That, that's not cool. Like there's so many things that factory farms do that are, isn't cool. <laughs> um, but yes, um, the short answer to that is stress can, tr can trigger molting. Uh, depending on the circumstance, it could possibly be your entire, entire flock. But if they're molting right now, um, there's a good chance that they're just molting because it is molting season right now. Uh, Virginia Oakley has asked, I am trying to transition two younger chickens who still run and are acting stress, stressed. Would rescue remedy help? I would use rescue remedy. And, and in fact, you know, I've rescued a lot of chickens. I've gotten chickens from the Humane Society. I've rescued chickens that no longer had a home for whatever reason. And one of the first things I do is I put rescue remedy in their water because I keep, you know, I keep them separate when I'm doing the integration process. And I put rescue remedy in the water of the flock. And that's because whenever anything new is introduced, whenever there's a disturbance in the pecking order, it, it does create some stress for your flock. 
and especially young ones that are like, oh my gosh, you know, they're little teenage chickens and they're going to, into the big girl coop. Um, that's a stressful situation. I would uh, put a couple of rescue remedy uh, drops in the whole flock's water for that. Beagle, I don't know. Uh, I know the first part of your name is Beagle. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read the second. People, I can't see, okay? I'm going to be 46 in a few days. <laughs> so the eyes are the first thing to go. So you had a question. What do you give a new flock? A new, what do you give new to my flock chicken that is sneezing? Um, you know, I have a video about sneezing chickens. I think it's just called like sneezing chickens. Here's what to do. And um, if you search my channel, you will find that pretty quickly. It's, it's a, a pretty popular video of mine. If you have a chicken that is, you know, looks like it has a serious respiratory issue going on, then always my first recommendation is to get that chicken seen by a licensed veterinarian. Now, I know that that is not uh, feasible for many people, but I need to mention that. And I also need to say I'm not a licensed veterinarian. So um, that there's my disclaimer. <laughs> um, but for a chicken that is sneezing, I it's it's you know, it's, it's pretty involved what I would do. Um, so I would give that one video a watch. And I would also, if you have one that's, you know, really not feeling well for some supportive care, I would do the rest method. And those two video links are going to be in the description. And they're also going to be in the uh, podcast show notes. So I know I didn't completely answer your question, but it's pretty involved. So I hope that you will check that out and I hope it helps. Bobblehead Home says, says healthy ideas to help them through a, more, a molt quicker. I don't know that it will necessarily, uh, I don't know if it will make them go through it quicker, but it will certainly help them through it. And so, I mean, I guess it, you know, they would probably, it would probably be easier and, and possibly quicker for them is I would supplement a little bit of protein. And I say a little bit, I mean, people go crazy with the protein. Um, <laughs> I gave my cat, my, my chickens, a whole bag of cat food, you know, and that's all they ate. <laughs> so don't do that. You know, um, they can get sick from that. Um, too much protein can, can cause some digestive problems for them. So I would just give them, um, some mealworms, some, uh, grubs. If you have, some healthy protein scraps that you can give them, scrambled egg, uh, you know, salmon, like some I've, I've before given them a can of salmon, things like that, that will help them to really, really help their body to grow those feathers. So I, I can't guarantee that it would, you know, push them for, through the molt faster, but it, it might because they're just generally be able to get through it better. Generally, I wouldn't advise trying to get them through it faster. And I know that you need eggs, but it's, you know, in the long run, not great for their health to, to try and push them, push them through it, which I know you're not trying to do, but I, I'm, I'm saying that for the others that are listening. That was Bobblehead Homestead that asked that question. Uh, Aaron Shearer asks, hi. Any tips with chickens sleeping in nesting boxes versus roosting? Um, the first thing, and don't look at my coop, 
you know, for an example of this, because I broke the rules and believe me, it's been pointed out to me more than once. (laughs) Whatever, haters. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Make sure that your roosts are higher than their nesting boxes, because generally they want to be higher. They, they don't want to be like super duper high. Sometimes the itty bitty chickens want to, but they, the, the higher they are off the ground, the safer they feel. And also it's kind it has to do with the pecking order too. Um, and also the chickens that are higher on the pecking order will want to get up higher. So if you have your nesting boxes higher at the same level of your roosts, then you run the risk of them sleeping in the nesting boxes. Now, I have chickens that sleep in my nesting boxes because they're old. I've got old chickens. So that that is something that can happen. Sometimes feathered feet chickens seem to want to sleep in the nesting boxes more often than not. But um, I would make sure that there's enough space on your roosts for the amount of chickens that you have, that the roosts are, are nice and comfortable for them and just make sure that they're high enough for them. And I, I hope that helps, you know, it's a dilemma short of like going out there and plucking them out of the nesting box and putting them, putting them on the roost. That's a, that's the foolproof way of handling it. Maybe uh, Kelsey at Lavender Lane Farm, she might have uh, some input for you. She actually is part of the Chickenlandia team and I consult with her often. So we'll see if she has anything to add about that. Uh, Kiss My Grass Acres says, our hens are about 18 weeks old. They are not molting. Is that normal? They probably will be molting very soon, just a little bit, or they are molting right now. You know, when they're babies, they're kind of constantly molting. And then they have a juvenile molt, which is usually not as intense as, you know, when they become adults and they have their annual molt. But you will likely see some feathers around the, um, you know, around your chicken yard. But if you don't see them, I wouldn't worry about it at all. So, yes, that is normal. Christina's Corner, uh, would Rescue Remedy help a chicken recovering from illness? Does it depend on the illness? No, it would help. It helps for any kind of stressful situation. Jose Nunez asks, my chickens are in the coop a lot. Is it because a predator is visiting them? When I'm not looking, (laughs) possibly, are they scared? Are they acting normal? (laughs) Possibly. Bobblehead Homestead says, I just hate seeing the ugly stage. He's talking about the molt. (laughs) And I know they're looking ugly because you have some good layers over there. And the better a layer is, the harder the molt will be. It just seems like that's always what happens. And I think it has to do with how they're bred, that they're bred to kind of go through their molt a little bit faster. And they always seem to be the ones that look just the scraggliest. (laughs) And and Bobblehead said, any excuse to give them more mealworm treats. Yay. Uh, Brilliant Creatures asked my pullets. uh, So a pullet is a female chicken that has not come into lay yet. Just that little tidbit in case you don't know. My pullets should start laying in November. Will they lay all winter? Probably not. (laughs) Um, There are, there might, you might have a superstar in there that will lay all, you know, during the winter, but unless they get supplemental light, then it is 
very probable that they will take a break during the winter and then start back up in the spring, which is, you know, it, it it's, it's, I know it's um, kind of tough to deal with. And certainly if you have like an egg business, then you would need to add supplemental light. But if you don't, then the plus side of not adding that light is that their laying life will be longer. So they have their life and they have their laying life. And their laying life is shorter than their life, usually, um, if they're lucky. So um, you want the, you know, you want them to be laying as long as as you can. And and so if you don't keep them laying, if you don't make them lay when they're taking their break, when they're when they need to take their breaks, then their laying life will be longer. And, you know, I've got some old chickens and they still lay. They still lay. I had a chicken that was 11 years old. She was laying like one egg a month and she laid one last little egg for me before she passed away. So, you know, they will lay, they will lay longer if you give them that break. All right, guys, I'm going to do one more question. It is from Kiss My Grass Acres. What do you think about using greenhouse plastic to cover the coop to keep it warm? Um, I think as long as you have, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be in the winter. I think as long as you have good ventilation, um, because I would not want you to cover up ventilation for your coop, even, even when it gets really cold. Because, you know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm just going to cover up every nook and cranny of the coop in the winter because it's cold. Um, but that's actually not a good idea. It creates a situation inside the coop where there's going to be too much moisture buildup. And that puts you at risk for respiratory illnesses um, and also and other, other issues, other illness issues, disease, and also frostbite. So what we want to do is keep the moisture level down in the coop. Um, and you want a nice dry area for them to be in at night. And in order to have that, you need to have really good in, uh, ventilation. You don't want a draft where they are roosting, but you want good cross ventilation in your coop. So it takes a little bit of strategy. I do have a video that is, talks about um, coop ventilation. I'll put that link in the description and I will put it in the show notes for those that are listening to the podcast. So I hope you guys know I am on social media. And if you're not on there with me, you're missing out <laughs> on, on my pages. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm even on TikTok. <laughs> if it's still there. I don't know if it's still there. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> so um, please join me on my social media. We have a lot of fun. I'm always posting stuff. And thank you so much for joining me today. If you want to submit your question to Bok Talk, you can go to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and ask your chicken question. I love to hear from you guys. We will see you next time. Thank you so much. Remember, you're always, and there goes my dogs. <laughs> they waited until the end to make their announcement. <laughs> Remember, you're always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time.
Bye-bye.